In today's show, we're looking ahead to the return of NBA action on Thursday. We're going to talk about the Yusuf Nurkic injury, the return of Shea Gildas-Alexander, and Kemba Walker, Michael Bolton. Thanks, Josh. It's Michael Bolton here, and it's time for another episode of the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast. Let's get to it. Let's get to it, indeed. You are Locked On Fantasy Basketball. Your daily fantasy basketball podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Hello and welcome to the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast brought to you by Basketball Monster. My name is Josh Lloyd and I am the lead fantasy analyst at BasketballMonster.com and at Yahoo Sports Australia. And you can find me on Twitter as always at RedRock underscore Beeble and on Instagram at Locked On Fantasy Basketball. Thank you for making Locked On Fantasy Basketball your first listen. We are free and available on all platforms. Well, stuff's going on. Games are returning tomorrow. Tomorrow, I'm going to do a full injury roundup show because we've got some news on some players, but we're going to have more of that stuff tomorrow. So we'll do that all tomorrow. But there are news things to talk about. I am going to talk about Yusuf Yusuf Nurkic's injury. We'll talk about that when we look at the Blazers game later on. I'm going to talk about Oklahoma City and Shea Gildas-Alexander. I'll talk about that when we get to the Thunder game. But the Knicks don't play on Thursday, so let's talk about the news that Kemba Walker won't play again for the Knicks. Um, he's healthy, but he's just not good. And this is not the situation where people are like, oh yeah, players don't get shut down. He's getting shut down, but he's also just not good. And it's the same as what happened at the start of the season where they just benched him because he wasn't useful enough. So they've come to the agreement. Again, he refuses, it appears, to come off the bench. Him starting makes no sense whatsoever for where this team is going and how poorly he's performed. So it's just like, well, I'm just not going to play and we don't want you to play. And I don't think Tom Thibodeau wants him to play. So that's the agreement. We're not missing out this egregiously good player who's sitting so they can get a good draft pick. He's just not that good anymore. And it's not fitting in that system. So he's done. So what does that mean for the Knicks? Well... I wish I knew. Now, if it was any coach who had any level of common sense, you would think this means let's have an opportunity to see what Juice McBride can do. But it probably won't be. It'll be Alec Burks and bloody Derek Rose when he returns. Uh, Rose still isn't ready to return just yet. It shouldn't be too far after the All-Star break. And you can take a flyer on Burks or Rose. But I wouldn't say that either of those blokes are reliable at all. In fact, what you might, you might get Burks playing 33 minutes initially, and then moving down to like 27 and Rose plays 25 once he's back. He had ankle surgery for a team that's going nowhere, remember. They're not going to push him into large minutes. It'll help quickly a little bit. Quickly will play five minutes through the first three quarters and then play all 12 minutes of the fourth quarter, most likely, as he seems to do every game. So he might still get, you know, he's 21, 23. We'd hope he get to 27, but I'm honestly doubting it. I don't think, someone asked me about Quentin Grimes. I don't think it impacts Grimes. I know that on some of your fantasy sites, he'll be listed as a point guard. He's played like zero minutes at point guard. He plays basically the three for this team, sometimes at the two. He's not really a point guard option at all. It'll be Burks and quickly with Rose in that mix when he returns and maybe some McBride. Yeah, add Burks, sure. We know that his field goal percentage is disastrous. Add Rose, we don't know when he's coming back. Um, keep an eye on quickly and McBride for deep performance. But I wouldn't, I wouldn't trust... Tom Thibodeau to just say, we are giving 28 minutes here to Emmanuel quickly. We've seen this script play out plenty of times before, and it hasn't run that way. No matter what happens with Thibodeau, he just doesn't do it. And he might play one game where he plays 27 minutes and then play 20. Burks will get, I would imagine, 30 plus to start things off. That that's how That's how I would expect things to start off. And then that should start to reduce 
once Rose comes in, we'll see what Quickly can do. But we're keeping an eagle eye on that position for the Knicks. As for the other guys, like people ask, you know, what does this do for Randall? Does it impact Barrett? Like, there'll be marginal changes, but not really. Like, their minutes aren't changing. Their usage isn't changing significantly. Maybe a little bit up. I don't think there's going to be big, big jumps or big changes in those guys. Again, I don't think it impacts Grimes really that much. <clears throat> what it does do, it means that Burks doesn't play much at the two or the three. So maybe Grimes goes from 20 minutes a night to 22 minutes a night. But Grimes have been playing big minutes because Barrett had been sidelined. We have to remember that that was part of the reason behind the um, the extra minutes that he has been getting. But that is one of the big injury situations, one of the big, not injury situations, rotation situations that we did have um, go down of late. So there you go. That, that just happened about five minutes ago before me recording. So I'm glad that I got that news before that I actually went, uh, went and recorded this show. But before we get into talking about the games for Thursday... I'm going to tell you about Truebill. Truebill is a new app that helps you identify and stop paying for subscriptions that you don't need, you don't want, or that you simply forgot about. On average, people save up to 720 bucks a year with Truebill. Because companies make subscriptions incredibly hard to cancel, Truebill makes it incredibly simple. Just link your accounts and Truebill will cancel your unwanted subscriptions in one tap. And your Truebill concierge is there when you need them to cancel unwanted subscriptions so you don't have to. Truebill has over 2 million users and helped them save over 100 million bucks. Don't fall for subscription scams. Start cancelling today at Truebill.com slash LockedOnNBA. Go right now. That's Truebill.com slash LockedOnNBA. It could save you thousands a year. Truebill.com slash LockedOnNBA. Football's over. But basketball? Absolute pedal to the metal. Pro and college hoops. And for all the latest odds, totals, player performance props, BetOnline.net is your number one spot for all your sports betting needs. BetOnline remains the best spot for all of your sports scores, podcasts, and news this season. And it's not just basketball. BetOnline.net has your source or is your source for hockey, boxing, and UFC odds as well. So head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends and action. BetOnline is where the game starts. Great segue, BetOnline, because let's start talking about games. And you know what? I forgot to do it at the start, so let's do it now. Let's get it on, Gilly. <laughs> The first game back after the All-Star break. I'm fired up and full of energy. It's the Cavs and the Pistons. Lowry Markkinen might be returning. And while this isn't all that interesting for Markkinen, it's a little bit interesting because he was sort of fringy 12 team. Now they've got Karis LeVert. So I expect that Markkinen just comes in and starts where Dean Wade was. But Dean Wade was playing 21, 25 minutes a night. So Markkinen probably won't play that long-term. He might play it in his first game back. But what does Markkinen's offensive role mean for Levert, who has been struggling coming off the bench? I don't think he's been particularly good for Cleveland. What does it mean for Kevin Love? I think what we might end up with, a situation where Love, Markkinen, and Levert are all not must-roster 12-team league guys. They all cut into each other enough, and they don't do enough else outside of scoring and threes, that they all become streamy, fringy, must, you know, sort of adds, sort of drops in 12s, in that 120 to 145 type of range. I think that's what'll end up happening. If Markin's on your wire and you've got some dead weight, take a crack. I just don't think his upside's very high. I wouldn't drop Love, but it's teetering towards that. And I obviously wouldn't drop Levert yet, but it is trending in that direction. But it's something for us to watch. I've said that I want to watch Levert as well. Yeah, who loses out here? Does Levert lose some minutes? Does Okoro just drop really significantly in his playing time? Because again, the 21 minutes that Wade will get him will go to Markkinen, but how does he get to 28 or 29? Who loses those that extra playing time? That's that's going to be something that needs answering. 
And for Detroit, we want to watch Cade Cunningham, who's had some iffy shooting night. There is no question about that. But I more want to watch how does the shot distribution look between Cade and Jeremy Grant? Who's going to get the most run there? Who's going to get the most shots? Who's going to initiate as much as possible? And we hope it's Cade. I also want to watch the depressed penis, Sadiq Bey, who has been playing really well. And some might argue he's been playing better than Jeremy Grant. In fact, I think if you'd watched the Pistons since Grant come back, I think everyone would argue that. And I'm not the biggest Sadiq Bey fan. I'm obviously less of a Jeremy Grant fan. But um, he's been playing well. So I want to see what he can do. He's taken some strides this year to be a little bit more efficient as a shooter. I still don't know there's much more to his game than that. But he's playing at a better level. So let's just pay a little bit of attention there. For Boston, Marcus Smart. He's avoided a serious injury, which is great. He, when he twisted his ankle standing on Embiid's foot, I thought, you know, that's a three-week ankle sprain, four-week ankle sprain. But he's not on the injury report. Rob Williams isn't on the injury report either. So they're both ready to go. Obviously, this pushes Derek White back to the bench. But White remains a 12-team league player. Smart obviously does as well. The other thing I'm going to watch is Al Horford. Because Horford played 34 minutes last game. But if Smart is back, and they're going to go smaller at times with Smart and White on the court together, especially in closing lineups... Does Horford play 20 minutes, 24 minutes, or does he play 29, 30? If he's 24 a night, then he is probably going to be a drop. I wouldn't do it yet, but that's the direction that he would likely go. For the Nets, well, we got updates. They're not great ones. Looks like Kevin Durant's going to return before Ben Simmons. I don't really know how that's possible. They will have no Harris, Irving, Dragic, Durant, or Simmons for this game. They well, Kyrie will return for Saturday against the Bucks, but Durant and Simmons likely won't. We don't have a full timetable, though, on when Simmons is returning. I don't really understand why it is taking this long, to be honest. I know he will take yeah, a week or so to get conditioning back, but it's been that. We've, we've passed a week now. We're two weeks since the trade deadline, and um, I would hope he gets back on the court soon. Again, it looks like Durant might be returning next week, too, so that's all very good news. But with all these guys still out, what do they do with Drummond and Aldridge? Because it started off 24 for Drummond, 19 for Aldridge. Then it was 23-22 in Drummond's favor. Then it was 28-19 in Aldridge's favor. So how are they going to run that center rotation? Does Griffin play? Do we uncork Claxton at all? I doubt it. So watching how that pairing goes, or that Aldridge-Drummond dynamic goes, is really important. I think both of them at this point are 12-team league guys, but I can easily see both of them being 12-team drops as we move forward. And then watching Cam Thomas with Durant out, Simmons out, Dragic out, Irving out. Thomas is going to have a solid role again. I don't believe he maintains a 28-minute-a-night uh, role as the rest of the season because it's impossible with all those guys coming back. And he only really provides points, which is great for a points league. It's not as good for a category league. It's fine for streaming, but remember, Curry and Mills are still there. Aldridge is going to take his shots. Um, but with all those other guys out, he is going to be a pretty significant shot creator for at least this game on Thursday against the Boston Celtics. This show, what to watch for is a normally small shows. This show's not going to be. Bear in mind. Next game, Hawks-Bulls. Johnny Collins is out still with that foot sprain. That is a little bit troublesome. Had the week off for the All-Star break, and he's going to be out at least for the rest of this week. Yeah, a little bit worried there, which means that the Italian cock, Danilo Gallinari, hands off my cock, is going to start again and probably be stream-worthy. Now, it's been an absolute mixed bag with him streaming into those starts. Some stinkers and some good games. But if you're looking for a boost in free throw percentage scoring and threes, like there is going to be fewer... There's not going to be many guys out there who provide what Gallinari theoretically can provide to us. Not that he does it all the time, though. 
We also want to watch Clint Capella, who we thought, all right, no John Collins. 31 minutes, 31 minutes, that's great. And then against the Magic, he played 23, and we're back to square one going, I don't get it. Like, I, I just don't know what you guys are doing with playing time here. Is Capella a buy low? Like, maybe, but not really, because I don't have confidence he's going to play 30 regularly. I don't think that a Kongwu is a 12-team league player. But if he was to get 23 a night, he would be. He just hasn't been getting that. He's played you know, 17, 19, 17, 16, 20 the last five games. So it's hard for me to look at that and go, yeah, that's absolute must roster for Onyeka. But let's see how the Capella Kongwu dynamic works out. For the Bulls, you'd have to assume that Zach Levine's playing. He played in the All-Star break. He was throwing down 360 dunks. He missed the last three games before the All-Star break to rest his knee. Um, so I expect him to be back. So how that impacts DeRozan, who's been the second-ranked player over the last two weeks, how it affects Dasunmu and Kobe White and Javante Green will be interesting. I think Kobe White will become pretty much droppable. I think Javante Green is on the fringes, and Dasunmu holds value until probably Caruso and definitely until Lonzo returns. So that's where his value lies. We also got the debut of Tristan Thompson, most likely. Now, just again, this is more to a point that you guys understand. Now, most of you listening to this will be like, Tristan Thompson, who cares? But more than one person, multiple people, that's more than one, have asked me, hey, well, does Tristan Thompson cut into Vucha's minutes? Now, I know Tristan Thompson's a name that people know. I know that Tristan Thompson was the fourth overall pick. I know that Tristan Thompson won an NBA championship. I know that Tristan Thompson slangs the wood. I know all that stuff. But there is under, under Billy Donovan should be fired on the spot if he decides we're going to platoon Vooch and Thompson. Let's play him 24 each. Like the biggest impact for Vooch here is Levine coming back because he will take his shots away, but they are not limiting Vooch's minutes to play Tristan Thompson. And playing them together, I know Tristan Thompson was drafted as a power forward, but he is not a power forward. If they try that combination, and coaches can do dumb shit all the time. So maybe they do, and the Bulls don't have a power forward, but they didn't just acquire a power forward. Tristan Thompson is not a power forward. We will see how it goes. But all this is to say that even if Tristan Thompson was to find himself in a 30-minute-a-night role on any team, he wouldn't be a 12-team league player. That's just not who he is as a player. So no, Tristan Thompson has no value in 12 or 14 or probably 16 and probably 18 team leagues if we're going to be completely honest with all of that. But I'm going to be completely honest with you. Bilt Bar is the best tasting protein bar ever. Have you had it? I have. It's the best. I was actually going through because I coached my son's footy team. And, you know, training's back on and we, we brought out the, the board. Now, you guys know what the board is, but playing footy, you got the board with the magnets on it to position the players around. And in my, in my um, magnet board bag, there was a built bar and it was like the heavens had opened on me. You know, I heard angels sing. I was like, oh, oh my God, there is a built bar left in this bag. I couldn't believe it because it tastes like a candy bar, but it's high in protein. It's low in fat. It's low in sugar. It's low in calories. It's low in carbs. Why wouldn't you want this? Why would you reach for a candy bar? Well, let, let's be honest. Candy bars taste great, but they're shithouse for you. They are not good for your body. Whereas Built Bar also tastes great, but it is good for you. So go to Built.com, use the promo code LOCKED15, L-O-C-K-E-D-1-5, and get 15% off your orders of Built Bar. Built Bar is built different. Let's go to the next game. Grizzlies, Wolves, Brandon Clark playing really well. Really well. Minutes are pushing up as well. At times, he's cutting into Steven Adams' playing time. There's no real change from their rotation pre-All-Star because Dylan Brooksy Brooks is still out. Clark is a 12-team must-roster player at the moment. And I also want to watch the wave pool, De'Anthony Melton, because while the minutes are frustrating and playing 17 minutes of De'Anthony Melton should always be considered criminal, especially when you're playing 16 of John Concha, he's producing enough, especially as a steals guy, to at least stream in for steals. 
I have no confidence in him consistently playing 21 a night. But it's possible with Brooksy out. For the Wolves, one of the worst players in the NBA before the All-Star break for a two-week period was Anthony Edwards. And that's no offense to Goose. He's been great this season, but he was in a horrible, horrible form slump. Had a sore ankle and was just horrific. Let's see if he bounces back. I expect that he does, but there is still a bit of a buy-low window there for Goose. So we want to see that bounce back, and we hope that his ankle's okay. And then we also want to watch the Jared Vanderbilt Bar and Jaden McDaniels battle. McDaniels has outplayed Vanderbilt Bar comfortably. He's played 30 minutes at least in the last three games, while Vanderbilt's minutes have dropped. McDaniels is also hitting shots at an extraordinarily high level at the moment, and he's worth a 12-team grab. I'm not convinced that he remains a must-roster 12-team league player, because again, the dude's played 27 minutes a night this season, and he's ranked 180th. It's not like he hasn't had opportunities. But he's turning the three or four extra minutes at the moment, along with some very, very big shooting numbers, into some really good performances. Now, there is a potential for those shooting numbers to drop off. And is the good shooting tied with the extra minutes? I would say probably yes. So it's a double whammy positive. But if the shooting drops, it's going to be a double whammy whammy negative. So be aware of that. I wouldn't really drop Vanderbilt in 12-team category leagues. Points leagues, bye. 10-team category leagues, probably see you later. And it is moving that way in a 12-team category league. And if there was someone that you wanted to add, maybe you want to take a flyer on a Phoenix point guard, I don't mind dropping Vanderbilt for a little bit of upside in a player like that. That's that's how I would be looking at it. Let's go to the next game. Speaking of the Phoenix point guards, it's them. They're taking on the Oklahoma City Thunder. We know that Chris Paul's out, by the way. If you haven't heard any of my shows, Chris Paul is a drop. He's not coming back until April at the earliest. See you later. Um, Cameron Payne is out. He said he was day-to-day, but he is out. So for at least Thursday and probably Friday, we are streaming in Aaron Holiday. He will be the starting point guard, I expect. They might start Devin Booker and put Cam Johnson starting. That's possible. But I think they'll start Holiday with Alfred Payton as his backup. And that gives some value there for Holiday to be that um, to be that streaming option. But Landry Shamit's going to return as well. Now, if they decide to play Landry Shamit at point guard, they might as well just pack it in. He's one of the worst point guards in the NBA, even though he has point guard. I just think he's a bad player, to be honest. And if they decide to try him there, I don't think that it's going to go um, particularly well. But it is a possibility. But the guy we're streaming in for at least Thursday and probably Friday on the back-to-back is going to be Cameron Payne. So we want to see how it all... um, how it all plays out, how that rotation plays out, and how they decide to um, you know, utilize those minutes. But we know that pain has been ruled out. So that is, I guess it's a positive just knowing that part of it at this stage. On to the Thunder. Shea Gilgis- Remember, now, this is what I've been saying this whole time. There are plenty of skeptics out there. Shea is going to get shut down. He's never coming back. Is Shea going to tank? This is what I told you. Shea Gilgis- Alexander was going to return, and he's back. He's playing. Um, This does not preclude Shea getting hurt again and missing more time. But he is back and he is playing and that is great news. Unfortunately, Lou Dort, Ty Jerome, Mike Muscala, Jeremiah Robinson, Earl and Kenridge Williams are all still out. Um, With Shea back, it's going to hurt the value of a lot of guys. Josh Giddy, you don't drop him. 
It's going to hurt the value of Darius Baisley. It's going to hurt the value of guys like Pokyshevsky. It's going to hurt the value of everybody just because his usage is so high. Teo Maladon, who'd been playing some decent minutes, up and down minutes, but decent minutes, that'll be that'll be down. Trey Mann, who was getting a lot of shots, he's going to lose a ton. Now, Mann will still probably get playing time here. But any inkling of 12-team value, which he didn't have, but if he if you thought he was because he was shooting a lot, um, it's done now with, with Shea back. So that's great that Shea is back, and we want to watch how that integrates. As for Dort, I don't know when he's back from this shoulder injury, but Lou Dort, especially with Shea back, is not the sort of player that you hold on through hold on to through uncertainty. He's not that good, I don't believe, to hold on through injury uncertainty. Isaiah Roby. Started the last three games at center before the break. Put up some okay numbers. I think he's worthwhile as a 14-team ad, maybe even 12. But they can still throw um, Derek Favors into that mix. But there's no Muscala. There's no Robinson Earl. Baisley will play a little bit at center as well. But Roby's not, not a bad flyer to take a crack at and see, see what goes on. Now, as I am recording this, I just see that there's been an update there on for the... Uh, oh, Jesus... For the Cavs, um, Darius Garland and Karis Levert are both out, while Larry Markin is probable. Foot sprain for Levert, back soreness for Garland. Garland back soreness, he's playing the All-Star break. That is really, really troubling. Really troubling. Let's keep an eye on that. That is bothersome. Nuggets and the Kings. Last game, we saw Bryn Forbes get minutes over Fart and Will Barton. Do I think that's a real thing as we move forward? No, I don't. But I'd like to see how the um, Barton, Bones, Rivers, Faku, Forbes minutes go. Faku's out of the rotation at the moment. But does Bones play 20? Like Rivers played 28 minutes last game. Barton played 21. Forbes played 30. So there's a little bit up and down there. I wouldn't drop Barton and I wouldn't add Forbes. For the Kings... Well, we don't have that uncertainty... Or sorry, we don't have certainty around the shooting guard position. I expect that Justin Holiday gets another start there. He played 37 minutes last game before the break with Davion Mitchell out. And Mitchell is questionable for Thursday's game. But how do the minutes get distributed between Holiday, Mitchell, DiVincenzo, and Jeremy Lamb? All can get in that mix there, which I think makes them really hard to have as 12-team league players. In fact, Mitchell I wouldn't bother with. DiVincenzo I might bother with, but is the upside actually high enough to deal with the uncertainty? Uh, I don't know that it is. Fine to stream him in, and I'd stream in Dante over Davion. But, yeah, there's a lot of uncertainty there. And now, let's go to what is the last game of the day, but one that's got a lot of implications, and that's the Warriors and the Trailblazers. For the Warriors... We know Draymond Green's still out three to four weeks. I think that Draymond Green, I think you drop him. Like, he's not coming back anytime soon. Three to four weeks is still a long way away. That's smack bang in the middle of your fantasy playoffs. And then he's not going to be a full tilt then anyway. Holding on to him, again, the caveat is always, if you have an open IR slot, you hold on. That's fine. But if you need it, see you later, Draymond. So what do they do? Last game, they started Gary Payton. They've been starting John Kaminga. They have started Otto Porter in the past. So who's the guy that gets the, the run here? Peyton, if you look for steals, Kaminga's a points guy. Porter, sort of across the board. But there's no there's no certainty there. Like, I know Kaminga's been rostered in a lot of spots. He's played 25, 28, and 21 minutes the last three games. Like, it's not really... It's good, but it's not the greatest. Whereas Peyton went 9, 11, 11, and 25. No predictability there. Porter went 24, 16, 23. Like, they're all sort of in that same area that just steal minutes off each other. And what about Jordan Poole? 
who has had some ups and downs playing alongside Clay Thompson. What does his production look like here? I'm still holding on to him, but it's getting a little bit iffier. Now let's talk Portland. JaVale McGee. Not, no, why did I say that name? That's not the right name. Yusuf Nurkic is the correct name, and I've just, I don't know why I said that. That's so weird. No question about it. I am ready to get hurt again. Yusuf Nurkic has plantar fasciitis, and he'll be reevaluated in four weeks, and I'm giving you a hot tip here. He won't play again. That is absolutely speculation on my part. Maybe it's wild speculation. Maybe it's irresponsible speculation. If you're reevaluated in four weeks from plantar fasciitis, which is a real prick of an injury, and your team's tanking, clearly, he's not coming back. No problem dropping Yusuf Nurkic with plantar fasciitis. No problem at all. The question is, who is their center? And the answer is, kids, I am sorry. I don't actually fucking know. Like, I, I don't know. Because they did just sign Drew Eubanks to a 10-day contract. He's the only center on this team. Trendon Watford played some center in college. He's played more at the four and bit at the three here. He's 6'8". He's not really a center. Do they play Justice Winslow at center? Do they play Greg Brown at center? It's going to be a pretty rough-looking rotation. So... Let's reiterate, as we've been reiterating for weeks, Justice Winslow is a must-roster player. The next guy I take a flyer on is Watford, but I'm not certain that it's going to be great because the Blazers also have a terrible schedule coming up. Over the next, well, the rest of this week, and then week 19 and week 20, they play seven games combined. Two games this week, two games next week, three games the week after. After that, it's all fours for them. That's great. But if you are in a playoff battle situation, do you want to take a flyer on a guy who might not be good in Trent and Watford and get seven games in two and a half weeks? I'd say probably not. Like that's not worth the most. Streaming, sure. But as a must-hold, let's look at this guy blowing up. Winslow, different story. I think it's a clear top 80, top 70 situation for him. But the other guys, not so much. It helps Simons. It helps Hart in their usage and their value. Probably helps CJ Allaby and Ben McLemore a little bit more as well push a little bit more up as Watford plays more at the five and Alibi or Winslow at the five and Alibi and Macklemore push up a bit. Maybe there's some value for Greg Brown, but I wouldn't be running out there, but they could also sign another center to help out. I would expect them to sign Eubanks to a rest of season deal because they just don't have another center. And he becomes an interesting, at least 16 team league guy, maybe 14 team league player. But I'm going to throw this out there for those of you in dynasty leagues, right? You are going to have an absolute ripper opportunity to sell high on Anthony Simons and Josh Hart. And I know it's going to be hard. That's what she said. Because Anthony Simons is going to go on a run here where he's going to play a lot of minutes. He's going to take a lot of shots. He is going to put up spectacular numbers. Maybe top 30, maybe top 20 numbers. And we'll look at it and go, it's the Anthony Simons breakout we've all been waiting for. Right? But... There is a gigantic chance that the last two months of this season is the best stretch that Simons ever has. And that's no shade to the guy. He could be a consistent top 50 player, but he could legitimately be top 15 rest of the season here. That's a possibility. Because next season, he'll get back someone called Damian Lillard. And yes, Lillard's not here forever, and Lillard might be traded. That is totally true. And it might be Simons' team. I'm not discounting that for a second. And it probably will. But... If it is Simons' team, will his surrounding cast have Trendon Watford, Justice Winslow as their third and fourth best players? 100% no. It just never will. 
He will never be in a situation where he and Josh Hart are the only two NBA caliber players. Because, again, if Lillard is traded, Simons will be the man, but he won't be the man, 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 man that he is now, where he is going to be the... Look, he is going to be feeding to Watford and Winslow and Greg Brown and Kelgen Blevins. Like, even if Lillard is traded in the offseason, they will not go into a year where it is Simons plus G League. So look for him to rack up some big numbers. And it, it's so hard to sell a bloke who's putting up amazing numbers. Selling high on a guy that's rolling is really tough. But his value may never be higher thinking about who his teammates will, will be. Just a thought. Let's look at back-to-back streamers for Thursday, Friday. JaVale McGee. Well, we're looking at Suns, guys. JaVale McGee, Jay Crowder. Interesting Suns options there. Naz Reed for the Timberwolves. This is assuming that McDaniels has already taken, of course. Isaiah Roby, Aaron Wiggins, and Alexei Pokyshevsky for the Thunder. Of course, if Baisley's there, you take a crack at him as well. And maybe Trey Mann gets into that mix. If we're looking at just streams for Thursday, Otto Porter and Bruce Brown, JaVale McGee, Danilo Gallinari, Jay Crowder, CJ Allaby, Trinan Watford, Kevon Looney, Anyeka Okongwu, and Isaiah Roby. These are all guys that are available in over 50% of leagues using our advanced metric. For deeper leagues, these are all guys, you know, all those other names, consider them, but these are some other ones you look at. Corey Joseph, Aaron Wiggins, Tyus Jones, Isaac Okoro, Gary Payton, the doctor, Delon Wright, Drew Eubanks, Grant Williams, Bones Highland, and Nazareth Reed. And for points leagues, these guys are still available in 50% of leagues or more on Yahoo. Justice Winslow, what are you guys doing? Please add Justice Winslow. Please. This is the easiest ad you will find in your life. The second easiest ad you will find is Patrick Beverly. This is not a one-day stream. This is a must-roster player. You could also look at Millsy, DeAndre Hunter, Brandon Clark, Cam Thomas, Brucey Brown, CJ Allaby, DeAnthony Melton, and Kavon Looney. And that, my friends, will do it for today's show. Don't forget to follow this podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, Odyssey app. And if you're on YouTube, thumb it up. Tell me how pumped you are the NBA's back. Tell me how shit it is that Nurkic and Chris Paul's season's basically over. Drop it in the comments. Guys, we are done here. Thank you so much for listening, everyone. See ya.